enjoy this episode of Tales from the Potting Bench, then why not rate, subscribe and review or share with a friend. Hello, I'm Adam and welcome to Tales from the Potting Bench, a brand new gardening podcast where you'll hear tales and stories from the most interesting and different people from around the world of indoor and outdoor gardening. In this episode, I spoke to Hannah from Allotment for Life on Instagram. Hannah started her no-dig allotment journey only three short years ago, but really knows her onions. We talk about her methods, what she does to give her crops a boost, and also finding a niche on Instagram. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me tonight for the next episode of Tales from the Potting Bench. Tonight's episode is episode four. Can't quite believe that it's been four weeks since we've since we've started doing this. So quite exciting that it's that it's got this full. There's another four episodes after this as well. Um, so if you're enjoying these, there's another four weeks of this, and then there'll be a season two in the new year. Hopefully, all being well. Tonight's guest is uh, Hannah from Allotment for Life. So hopefully, a lot of you will already be following Hannah. Um, if not, then I definitely recommend that's the first thing you do soon as we've we've finished this in about half hour or so's time. So hopefully... Hey! Hi! That was super smooth. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, so I just so, plugged in my uh, earphones like last second um, then, so I was just checking. No, good idea, good idea, good idea. Yeah, good to hear it. So um, thank, you for, thank you for joining me. Um, there's lots and lots and lots of people joining, so it's very exciting. We're not just talking to ourselves, lots of people. It's always listen. good. Always good. So um, for anyone that doesn't, doesn't follow you, what, what are you about? What, what is allotment for, for life? Well, it started like many others, um, just like an allotment chronicle, I guess. I, um, I sort of knew all before I even took my allotment that I wanted to set up an, an Instagram account. So this was in um, spring 2018. So that's how it started and was for several years. Just, you know, putting on what progress I was making yeah. and stuff like that. But then I guess in during lockdown I was furloughed and it just kind of morphed into something else and um, I just started sharing how I got the harvest I got and how I did it yeah. and um, and growth just came like because everyone was growing and wanting to wanting to learn and uh, yeah I was happy to share so that's how it started. Yeah I mean there's so many so many Instagrams that have come out of lockdown I think it's just been um, an incredibly it, it's been the time that it has and we all know we all know how it's been but it'd be foolish to say that it hasn't been an incredibly creative time for a lot of people as well um yeah i think certainly your account if you if you were to just look at your account purely based on numbers nothing else what you've amassed in terms of a following a clearly a really dedicated following in the last it's only been three years is pretty Mm. phenomenal really i mean you would look at that and think this is something that's been going for a for a really long time but it's a relatively short amount of time isn't it yeah i think um if you want to talk about things like that i think what has grown my account maybe more than others is uh, reels um sure. but i would say 
and I'm having fun with it, video in general. I love doing it. But it has maybe what should what you should understand about an account like mine is that it has a lot, a lot of foreign followers, which isn't maybe that relevant or they don't follow you for the same reasons as as maybe I would want them to. I, I would want to have only British followers, you know, who want to know yeah. about my growing or whatever. But you don't you can't choose your followers. So um <laughs> No, just the way no, <laughs> and yeah. and i want to say just because you have a lot of followers doesn't mean you're a better gardener no 100 so, percent. yeah maybe just definitely... slightly better at instagram <laughs> if, if yeah. that's a thing <laughs> yeah i think um, gardening and instagram are two different things i mean where they where they overlap is is a is a middle ground isn't it but yeah they're, they're two different things so when you yeah. say foreign followers is that is that Swedish or is that just kind of across oh, the board? Oh, yeah, there's some of those. But the, those are, um, I, I, that's fine. You know, I use sometimes use Swedish hashtags. And uh, so you do attract that. And then they see I am Swedish. A lot of uh, Norwegians, Danish yeah. as well. Um, but I think mainly there's a huge audience in Indonesia and India who are watching the short form video content. It's Ooh. the same on YouTube with YouTube shorts. So if you post that kind of, because I have like, like three and a half thousand followers on YouTube, but sure. they're not, you know, there's maybe like a thousand of those that are UK and the rest are um, very much foreign and, and follow me for different reasons. Um, they, you know, it's fun to follow uh, growers in other countries, but it might not be that relevant in terms of knowing what to do when. And <laughs> well, you know. I was going to ask you that from a, from a Swedish point of view, though I suppose. So how long have you been in the UK? Oh, since 2005. So how does it, did you, were you a gardener or a grower before? No, no I, I grew up in, on a farm, uh, but it was horse, horses and sheep and right. uh, things like that. And I think, you know we had a garden and whatever and I did a I did work you know I cut grass and whatever for um summer jobs but it wasn't like that it was more memories of my grandparents I would say and there they had um you know one of my earliest memories is tasting my granddad's gooseberries right you know off off the bush and just squeezing it into my mouth you know so so it's more um this idealized childhood memory that I didn't yeah. have day to day that sort of made me want to have an allotment I guess yeah yeah sure so did you garden before you had your allotment so you've only had your allotment three years yeah so I, I um I did have a courtyard in Liverpool when I lived up there so now I'm in Oxford, Oxford um, yeah. but Liverpool you know just a regular courtyard it was south facing luckily so otherwise they can be very shaded can't they but this was yeah. a sun trap and um yeah, nice. I got into my first gateway vegetable would have been a, a basket tomato, you know. Just I love the bought. idea of a gateway vegetable. <laughs> yeah, and tomatoes usually are, I think, because they yeah. just taste so much better when you grow them yourself, so you really get hooked. Yeah. I did I, I did that... grow spinach too, but it bolted spinach. immediately, so, yeah. Is that because, that's, of, that's the, the, because of the sun or the heat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I planted it in spring as well. They still bolt for me now, so yeah. in spring, so it's not... <laughs> nothing's new i was gonna say about tomatoes uh, i know it's not it's certainly not the only thing that you grow but for anyone not following hannah uh, follow follow her for a, for a start but purely 
if not for nothing else than the lunch things that you post as well, I am no, I'm no more envious than when I go happen to go on and you're eating your lunch and it's some concoction of tomatoes and, and whatever. And it, whatever it is, it always just looks delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't post it when I'm eating leftovers. Uh... <laughs> it's not, not necessarily Instagram worthy, that is it? No, no. no. <laughs> Well, I, one of my questions was going to be how the difference between growing in Sweden would be to growing here. So I suppose because you didn't necessarily do it so much while you were there. Have you? No, I still get a lot of questions. So yeah. yeah, so there's um, and I I guess I what something I intrinsically understood. What the one thing I love about living in the UK is the length of the spring, how early it starts, and it really is. Um, it's really, really long and gentle and the way it develops, you know, one flower after another. Uh, whilst in Sweden, I am from the south, so it's it's quite mild there as opposed mild. to in the north. It's a huge, long country and it's not the same <laughs> uh, yeah. all the way up there. But in the south anyway, even in the south, it's sort of level with maybe south Scotland, Scotland possibly. Yeah. Um, and maybe between, yeah, between... Um, Edinburgh and Aberdeen somewhere like that yeah. but it's it's it really just comes in so so fast so the season is much shorter so all the thing a lot of flowers that we have in the UK that are spring flowers for me are early early uh, summer flowers because they all right. happen at the same time it's like in in May it is like an explosion and it's all happening at once the lilacs mm -hmm. the uh, all the hedgerows all at once you know whilst in here you can already see that in april and yeah. sometimes in in march even you know so it's uh, it's so that's it you have to really be ready if you miss the boat with your growing in scandinavia you know it's it's gone no, but it, you know but it's it's the whole thing with the light levels you know you have a much gradual yeah. uh increase here whilst in sweden it's it um, goes much faster, the switch, and then it goes so that there's more light in the summer yeah. than it is here. So everything grows really, really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose that's what's making up for the for the shorter season, isn't it? I, I yeah. read a book recently, not not about Sweden, and it, and it is a different climate, but about someone that had moved to Iceland from from the UK, and just the shock of the difference of gardening between there and here, and how, just mm -hmm. how much more um focused it is on seasonality in, in places like that just because there isn't necessarily it might not be the same in sweden but in iceland the infrastructure is not there in the same way as it is for kind of greenhouse and polytunnels and things like that and if if it's the wrong season you just don't have a strawberry like that's that's yeah. just kind of the way no because i was in iceland a few years ago now and uh, they do have a lot of um undercover growing heated greenhouses right. polys that are heated with the hot water the that they have it? yeah so uh they actually maybe have it more not more advanced but they have a different edge to it uh and but you know you go you go to the shop and if you want to buy something that's imported it's so expensive because it's just it's so out of the way yeah okay. yeah insane, so mm. so with your allotment then so you can't although you weren't necessarily thrown into it it certainly sounds so i did a bit of bit of scrolling way back on your feed way 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 oh. way back on your feed and just kind of seeing Ooh. how it all started and I think you kind of just completely threw yourself into it um so I was uh, yeah sorry I, I I'll 
I, I knew no, what no. I was going to do. I knew what I was going to do because yeah. I watched uh, Gardener's World and um, Charles Dowding was on doing his segment about no dig. And that was in the yeah. autumn before I got the allotment. So I saw that and I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I went no dig from the start. And um, it is the easiest way if you're if you have a large allotment that is completely fallow and uh, and you don't have the time or the or the energy or the the <laughs> physicality to dig it yeah. all over, you know, because I is I couldn't even imagine doing that, you know. Uh, if you have more than one or two beds, like it's just really, really, really difficult. So yeah, I just went in with both feet. It is um. A cost that you have to put up at the front Ooh. up front but then that gives you back so much in time and not breaking your back your first season sure yeah basically so for anyone watching that doesn't know what no dig is how would you how would you kind of summarize it so well traditionally you would uh, add in manure or uh, other organic uh, nutrients to your soil in winter and then dig it over double dig it into the soil but with no dig you instead just put it on top and you leave it there waiting for the um, the microorganisms and the worms and the little critters in there just bring it down into the soil so it, the nutrients do travel down um, and it maintains the structure of the soil so basically there's no dis destruction of the the microstructure that's there, and that microstructure is important for drainage, for uh, uh, nutrient retention, for not causing um, what's it called when the topsoil is drained away. <laughs> what's it called when um, oh, this what happens when you blank as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know what you mean, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it yeah. it builds up the topsoil instead of um, slowly, slowly destroying it. So, uh, and it also helps with um, uh, getting air to the roots. So basically, you want to have a non-uniform structure for your plants to be the happiest. Basically, it just emulates what happens in nature. Naturally, like, yeah. leaves fall to the ground, and they decompose and and gets taken down into the uh, the soil by all the organisms. And that's what plants are used to growing in, basically. It's like, why do, why do people think that we can reinvent it and make it better? <laughs> yeah, I think there's something, because it's called, well, because it's kind of got a name, I think, no, I, as bizarre as it sounds, it says no dig, but... Erosion, got, that's erosion, it. Erosion, yes. that's it. Saw <laughs> yeah. it at the same Sorry. time. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Um, yeah, thank you, William. That's that's great. I knew somebody would come up with this. Um, but yeah, because it's called no dig, even though it says no dig, it kind of almost implies that there's a there's kind of a process behind it, or it almost makes it sound as though it's a difficult thing to do when it's really dead simple, isn't it? Yeah. You know the difficult, yeah, the difficult thing is sourcing the organic matter and, yeah. and make sure it's safe. That is the hardest yeah. thing. So do you? And that's what, yeah. Oh, go on. Sorry. It's, it's what like... most beginners come up against that they just, it's partly the cost, but even if you have the money, it's hard to know what to buy and and be yeah. safe. Yeah, I can imagine. So in in that same kind of vein, you, I know you compost as well. And Charles Dowding is obviously a, a bit of a king of the king of compost as well. Um, so what do you, 
what benefits do you find yourself personally composting as opposed to not composting? Well, it's it's a very important part of your vegetable allotment. And I, I say if you have a garden as well, I'm assuming flowers would respond really well to it as well. Uh, but it's just... Um, it is basically rocket fuel. Your homemade compost is rocket fuel. If you can get it composting well enough, and it's not hard. I got uh, a delivery of three pallets or for a pound or whatever off Amazon, off eBay. And yeah. I built um, composting bays. And the pallets sort of make up um, a square footage that gets hot enough to burn bindweed and anything else that you can yeah. throw in there, right? So yeah. if you can do that, you have gold and, you know, that's sort of your top dressing, if you want, in your no-dig beds. Or I use it to sow my seeds now. And uh, and it basically means that when you harvest something, or even if you forget a courgette and it grows massive, you can still put it in the compost and it's not wasted, you know. Yes. Um, like my, my old... Uh, old Tom, I call him, my allotment neighbor, he burns all his waste, you know, and it's just like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Such That's a insane, waste. Of, yeah, I know. But he's, you know, he's over 80 and yeah. that's how he's always done it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just sad. But I even use Bokashi composting to be able to compost all my kitchen waste, even the cooked food, because yeah. you don't want to put that in your compost because you just attract rodents. Yeah. And in the Bokashi, you can ferment your kitchen waste. 100%. And that means you can make it. And that's even, that's a, if, if homemade compost is rocket fuel, I don't even know what <laughs> what Bokashi compost is. <laughs> I, because I was just about to the... say, I haven't got room for a compost bin in my small garden. I have. Everyone's got room to compost. But what I do have is a Bokashi. And it is genuinely, um, not even just for the organic matter that it produces, but just, I don't know if yours is the same, but I've got a runoff tap and the stuff oh, yeah. that comes out of that is literally liquid gold. And the plants that I put it on, I kid you not, are just, are just, are just phenomenal, just incredible. Yeah. I've not just brought yeah. it on, you know, neat, obviously, but, <laughs> no, don't. but no, I know. But even the tiniest amount, massively mm. watered down, is just, is just incredible. You don't, if you've got one, of the, one or two of those, you don't need to buy any any plant food at all. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyone that's watching that has not not seen them, essentially, well, I don't know about yours, but mine is is essentially a kitchen top um, one. I haven't got it in the kitchen. I've got it. I've got it in the shed. But you smelly. can put almost everything in it. You can put absolutely almost anything in it, and it just it just kind of breaks down. You can use that as you would organic matter. And the tap, as I've just mentioned. What, because it generates kind of that um, that liquid, because you're putting everything in there, you can put anything in there. I put any any fruit that we've got that I don't use or I don't make into a smoothie or whatever, put in there, and it creates quite a lot of liquid. Mm. And that you can just siphon off and, and use, and it is, I, I kid you not, is, is incredible. And I'm not being over the top with that. You, you, you're not, testament. you're not. You know, at all. I have, uh, I keep it in, in like Fanta bottles on the plot and people are always commenting yeah. like, that you should not put that because it's sort of orange. Though if you put uh, yeah. beetroot in your bokashi, it goes pink. So, oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I might buy a beetroot just to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I. It's very. And they're good pretty inexpensive uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I think they're very worth it. I think you can DIY them as well. But if you want to make sure it's airtight, um, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's it's well worth an investment. I think 
what the cost is the brand that you have to keep buying to add in the um the the healthy um yeah the active ingredient to the fermentation but um i think you can diy that too it's just i don't have time for that so I just buy no it. i know <laughs> no, no definitely so with all of the growing that you're doing and it seems like an endless um endless growing that you've got and i think there's this time of year where we get to as gardeners or allotmenteers perhaps not as allotmenteers and certainly not as experienced allotmenteers where we all think that it's this period of kind of um growing growth where nothing happens in autumn and winter it clearly does and i think you've got you've got some big plans for winter growing as well haven't you yeah i well i did anyway the slugs may have had different uh, yeah. different things to say about it but yes yeah, so, so you know the summer sowings are very important for the rest of the year and i really enjoy having um fresh produce to harvest every day throughout yeah. the year even if it's just a few sprigs of parsley um you know on, on new year's day <laughs> it's, yeah. it's something you know and uh, especially if you have a greenhouse you can you can grow or a poly or even a cold firm, you can grow a lot, uh, a lot. You can, there's, there really is um, a great way to fill your plot. Absolutely. But yeah. you have to get the timings right for your sowings. Yeah. It's not too late to even do uh, potatoes for Christmas Day or anything like that, is it? That's the thing. You know? I, well, that is really hard. It be very, very, yeah. It's really hard because it is so out of season and any, any um, growth that you get now, in september october is yeah. sensitive to blight yeah and that's obviously really bad this year and then later on the same greens are sensitive to the frost so yeah. it really is not worth doing unless you have a greenhouse or uh, a coal frame to protect them in of course yeah definitely the other exciting thing that you've got going on at the moment is the community grow along that's pretty pretty exciting isn't it the do you mean my membership or the grow along yeah well both okay. both I mean, I mean the membership <laughs> well, is incredible as well i mean that's so that's going to be kind of kicking off at the start of next year properly isn't it yeah yeah so i i, I wanted to you know because i get contacted by a lot of um, beginner growers in, all around the world really and sure. uh, they just have a, a lot of the same questions and the, it's mainly i mean you gain the confidence really quickly when you grow vegetables i think um well i did anyway i guess maybe that's my scientific mind or something i don't know <laughs> it's just experiment and find out and move on to the next one but um i just found that it was people wanted more support more a different kind of community than instagram is it, yeah. it a lot of a lot of a lot of the accounts that you see a lot of are mainly showing off here is uh here is a harvest and i'm yeah. guilty of doing that too where you just you show off the finished product and you don't show the uh the process of getting there the failures um and what you can do at each step to mitigate it uh to be proactive in your growing you know you, you there's there's a lot of things that you should understand about growing vegetables and once you've mastered those you can then tackle a new vegetable confidently knowing that you know the basics and you know how to handle it um but i felt like there was people were screaming out for that kind of community it doesn't suit everyone but we are almost 30 people who've joined up and uh we're going to build from there i'm i am vainly excited about getting speakers in you know because it's a paying membership i can offer 
people uh, money to come speak to us, you know, and that's great, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which is lovely. And I can learn stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's win-win, isn't it? I think you're yeah. right. I think Instagram is an inherently... There's a lot of conversation about this at the moment, but I think it's an inherently... Uh, a platform where you, you will share a thing. Here is my thing. This is what I've done. And then you kind of then... You either create a heavily crafted caption that tries to entice a conversation, yeah. which doesn't always doesn't always happen. Um, yeah. But then once you posted your thing, it's kind of there, it's out there, and you're waiting in a way for that kind of conversation to happen. And then only then can you reply to that and create a conversation. I think as a picture or a video sharing platform, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to the community that you're talking about with you that you're trying mm. trying to kind of create, which is a kind of a, a bigger conversation you just you can't do that in the same way on instagram and unless it were to yep. change i just don't know how you would do that it's too know? big as well uh, yeah and it's all our own fault well well what instagram is for originally was to share beautiful imagery and it still is mm. and that's what people respond to that's what people come on here for and that's why you know beautiful accounts like um, good life garden you know why they grow so big and they're so um popular because they put up amazing yeah. photos and they're so inspirational but maybe yeah. less uh as as you say um knowing how to get there is is yeah. harder to to communicate yeah for sure 100 um, i think naturally what where where it's gone before is that you start either you know if you, if you get a big enough following um then you start maybe a Facebook group or, or something like that, where you yeah. can have more of that kind of conversation. We've got Diana there at the uh, down oh, there. She's <laughs> always listening in. Yeah, always. <laughs> but I, I get, I totally, I totally get what you mean. And it seems that the way that you're doing your membership will be a, a naturally a place where you can, you can have that kind of conversation. It's more of a conversation about how to do this or what the photos are or what what you can improve or how you can do. Yeah. It. You know, it's, there's there's more to it than just a here is a picture and here is. a is a caption yeah know. and i mean i've tr and i've been experimenting lately with uh, a lot of different type of content and i'm not you know it's not really landing um partly i guess with my audience because that's not what they're used to seeing but yeah. you know it, it, i am sort of in between changing how i do things um and trying to find out you know what my account is about is it going to be just uh is it going to showcase what i do for um for my membership you know as a selling vehicle or should i just keep it as uh you know as an inspirational um yeah and not and as you write diana not all yeah. accounts should be educational that's not what instagram is for i think it's, sometimes no. it gets a little bit much when you get one post after another showing you how to or when to harvest sweet corn uh <laughs> Yeah. At least for me, I get a bit bored. I get, I, I've been getting a little bit bored of vegetables. I must say, I guess because you're posting it so much yourself, that yeah. I started following a lot more um, uh, flower growers and things like that. And yeah. I, that's, I guess, why you popped up as well on my website yeah. following you. Must have been. So yeah. you're sort of diversifying. But because a year ago it was only vegetables, and I literally only followed vegetable accounts. Um, yeah. But I'm branching out. So. You know, if if it were all inspirational or all all educational, there'd be no, there'd just be no diversity at all. I yeah, certainly no. don't think that I would want to follow. So my, my my account is I'm doing a similar thing. I'm not necessarily at the stage of you. I'm just trying to figure out what it is and understand 
what it is. And I've, I've, my, my account is kind of over a year old now. And I feel like I'm kind of getting into a bit of a groove with it um, at the moment anyway. You found your well. niche. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, that might, that might certainly may change. But I think if I, were to, if I were to just follow a thousand other accounts that are the same as mine, I'd probably be completely bored of that, yeah. you know? Um, and whereas, you know, Diana, for example, is are really inspirational photos, that's, that has its place as well. Yours has its place. Everybody's has its place. And I think that's why it's important to follow a variety because you just don't ever see that. And then you then do become perhaps bored of, of your own stuff because you're only yeah. following similar things. And very importantly, you should do what you enjoy. You shouldn't try to emulate someone else, partly because it's been done. And there's no way you can keep up the stamina that it takes to publish so often and so consistently stuff that you don't enjoy doing. So no. you have to really find something that you enjoy doing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, that's a nice way to end that portion of the conversation. Um, I Sorry, a bit off piece. No, not at all. No, I think I'm, I'm really keen to try and talk about Instagram and how how the gardening or the growing community on Instagram is or how it's changing or how it's not changing. I just think it's a really interesting conversation in itself. It's the same conversation for any kind of community, I think, on Instagram. And it's about finding that niche and finding what you're comfortable with, which is easier said than done. It takes you, it takes you time to, to do that. And you have to do it naturally. You can't force that overnight. That has to be over a period of weeks or months or even a year for you to figure mm. out what your, what your thing is. You know, you can't necessarily just go in your garden. Here's a flower. There you go. Everyone like my flower. It just, just doesn't, doesn't really work like that, does it? You know? It depends. So if you want to grow an account, do you have to maybe be a little bit more strategic? But if you just want to yeah. photograph your the flowers in your in your garden and have that to look back on, then don't give a shit about what sorry, shouldn't be swearing. Don't no. care about how many likes you get. That's just Yeah. It, no one not everyone has to grow an account. Just no. grow your grow your flowers, grow your vegetables. 100%. That's a that's a nice little thing to end that bit on. So I don't know if I've mentioned to you about the other bit or if you've watched any of the others yet, but there's a little quick fire um, questions. Bit. They're, not, they're not hard. Um, well, hopefully not hard. They might be tough to decide, but they're not hard questions. Okay. Um, so question one. Is it is, instinct? Is it? Yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of purposely don't tell you so that you do give a, a very kind of um, your first response. So oh, this is you... now I reveal myself. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now I'm going to analyse these and I'll send you a report and tell you your personality type and everything. Else. <laughs> so if you were to completely gut your allotment, completely start from scratch um, with, a, with a blank canvas, not, necess not necessarily fallow, but at a point where you can plant, if you were to do that again and only plant one variety in the whole, or, or one type of plant in the whole, uh, yeah, in the whole allotment, what would it be? So you can have different varieties within each type, if that makes sense. Okay. Can so I just say be? brassicas? Yeah, if you want to. Because <laughs> there's so many. So yes, I'll go yeah. for that. It's my absolute favourite. Okay. okay. Is that because <laughs> there's brassica. so many? Um, no, I just really, really... Well, they are. there's a lot of variety. And they're also very, very, very tasty. And so good for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, growing fennel here, obviously, would only grow pumpkins. We know that. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that as soon as it came up. Good season yeah. for it as well. Great timing. Yeah. timing. Um, but you can grow brassicas all year. Well, that's that's the thing. You're not going to have an empty allotment all year, are you? 100%. So this is a similar kind of question, but with a tool. So if you were to only ever be able to use one tool, 
all year round, what what would it be? Why? Uh, it would be my hoary knife, my hoary hoary knife, because I yes I can't hoe with it maybe, It'll be, or it's very difficult to hoe with it, but uh, I can plant and cut and do everything. It is yeah. the best tool ever. And if you so wish, you could dig with it potentially if you, you can wanted dig, to. Yeah. Yes, if you wanted yeah. to. Okay. And the last question: If there were to be one absolute top tip for a new allotment here, what would it be? Take your time. <laughs> I, my my allotment was covered in plastic the whole first year to kill the weeds. It wasn't yeah. pretty. I only grew potatoes and squash. You know, just take your time and don't don't try to run before you can walk. <laughs> or you know, unless you thrive on that, I guess. But uh, yeah. don't yeah, don't do too much the first first year. And don't think it's going to come overnight either. Yeah. Definitely not. The labor of love, isn't it? scroll back on my account and see what it looks like <laughs> yeah yeah i've done that I, de I definitely recommend it if nothing but to see where it's come to yeah i'm impressed because i used to post six times a day uh, last this time last year so uh there was a lot of photos i mean you talk about stamina six times a day How do you even... yeah but it was like oh here's the squash here's a oh, yeah. here's a raspberry here's a you know it wasn't very it wasn't very detailed <laughs> no it's changed a bit hasn't it um, just yeah. before I let you go, there's been a couple of questions which I think oh, might yeah. be if you've got. So, Juice Healing has said, um, what's the easiest veg to grow for us, us novice gardeners? Well, there's always lettuce, but that's kind of boring. Um, I think if you can grow carrots in a tub, it's fairly easy. If you go for a short variety, a short stubby variety, and you grow them in a container, yeah, it, it is fairly simple. Okay. Cool. Um, or or a basket tomato is fairly good as well, you know. So I, this wasn't directly a question for you, but I think it's worth asking you for anyone that's thinking about trying to get an allotment because that's that's that can be half the battle sometimes. So how long did you have to wait long for yours? Or was it was it pretty? No. Simple? So here is private. Um, oh, okay. uh, so the the vill as in it's owned by it's I mean it's Oxford. Oxford is funny because all the villages around here used to be owned by the colleges sure. and certain bits of land are still owned by the colleges. So these allotments are run by them. So, and uh, really not cared for at all. So there was a lot of empty ones. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, I guess, if you're willing to travel outside of your city, there, there might possibly be allotments in, in all sorts of small villages. Yeah. They might not have the community. They might not have water like mine. But you'll have you can get access to your space pretty quick yeah. yeah yeah okay well thank you very very much uh for joining that's been a really interesting chat there's been lots of people um commenting and joining in hopefully you've enjoyed it as well yes um, always always good to be on people's lives thank you for anyone not following hannah i certainly recommend um going and checking out her feed she's doing lots of exciting things at the moment and a lot is kind of bubbling under the under the uh, waters with membership and stuff as well, which is really interesting. So um, thank you for joining me. Thank you everyone for for joining us. And anyone who's come from my account, you know, you need to follow this guy up here as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for some nice honest user. gardening. Honest gardening. Honest gardening. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> honest, gar honest garden. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Anna. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. bye.
that was a really interesting chat with Hannah that covers a wide range of topics in such a short conversation. Her grid is packed full of hints, tips and tricks to help you get ahead with growing. If you like the sound of what she does, then please do follow her at allotment for life on Instagram. Join me next week where I'll have another fantastic guest from the world of gardening. Follow me on Instagram at viewfromthepottingbench to find out who that might be.